0: Up next on Inside the SECA racing here and on the other side of the pond. Welcome to Inside the SECA. I'm Brian Belansky. Our guest today, Austin Barco. He's here. He's an S uh, Spec Miata racer. He races on the West Coast, uh, often at Buttonwillow, where we're at this weekend, and uh, we are here to talk about his current racing, his uh, very successful race weekend here at Buttonwillow, and some really cool plans that he's got to go racing in England.
1: Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. I just came off a win about 15 minutes ago, and they're teching the car right now.
0: So this is one of those times when I look like an absolute genius. (laughs) Because I, I went up to Austin yesterday and I said, Hey, we gotta do a podcast this weekend. He's like, Yeah, sure, we'll do it and and then I s we talked about it and I said, Well probably the best time to do it would be after your race on Sunday and then you went out and and won the
1: darn race. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh we've been trying to plan this for, for weeks right. and it uh it just worked out that way. Yesterday I um I started on pole and finished fourth. Uh, it was a heavy battle. Right, I mean, right. we were pack racing. Yeah, um, but uh, just unlucky timing coming coming across the line. But uh, today, I knew I had to give him hell and went out there. I was watching yesterday's race. First of all,
0: it's it was the worst try attempted start at a race in the history of of <laughs> motorsports. Uh, the the, uh, the we looked at. The ninth-place car was in the second row before the race was waved off. So I was talking with the starter. I said if there was ever a classic example of the proper time to wave off the start, this was it. But uh, you guys were able to get it together. started on the next time by, and it was a classic six-car spec-me-out-of-battle all day yesterday. And uh, tons of fun to watch from pit lane. I'm sure it was even more fun from the driver's seat for that,
1: wasn't it? Oh my God. The start was, was something else. I, I had never started on pole before. And so I've started on the front row, but this was new to me. Um, and so I, I inspect Miata. It's, it's common to accelerate a little bit before the flag so that the, the pack doesn't get bunched up right. going, going into the turn one. Um, it's, a, it's a cordial thing. And sure. so I, took that to mean a little faster than than I think I was supposed to go, Um, and it was a little bit of a botched start, but they waved us by, and and the next time around, I had some practice.
0: Very good, (laughs) very good. So it was your first time on, poll. Let's go back to the beginning, because you're one of a a, a very talented young crop of drivers that we have had come out in the last couple of years. How did you get interested in motorsports? Let's start with that.
1: Well, both my parents raced okay. when I was a, a small kid, so I I've been around the paddock since I was 3, 2 years old. Um
0: That's a regular theme on this podcast, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's it's surprising, I th- I think because there's so many people who started karting when they were 5, 6 years old. Um and lucky enough, I I was one of those people. I I got in about 5 years old. Um I did that for 5, 6 years. Um we couldn't afford to do the 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 whole karting thing and so uh, I stopped until high school okay and then I um, all the while my dad's racing spec Miata he he did RX sevens he was sure. a multi-time uh, regional champion did a bunch of national stuff um, he moved to spec Miata mom moved to spec Miata um, then my sister was born my okay. mom realized probably shouldn't be racing if dad's racing sure sure um, and so they. Uh, mom opted out right? and a spare car sat in the driveway for about a decade Nice. until I picked it up, um, last year. Right, right. So I did a couple, I had been doing some HPD stuff, autocrosses and getting some car control. And then, uh, the time came where I, I had my own money and I could do this. Sure, and, uh, sure. Last year I did some, some schools and. Went out there, and I, I got the uh, Roy Mallory scholarship with SCCA for, for a license, um, and then I was in Spec Me the, the next weekend, nice. and uh, did a whole season last year, and with varying results, and sure, I learned sure. a lot of lessons, and...
0: So I, I get a lot of folks who come up to me because they know I'm into cars and I go to the racetrack. And they're like, how do I get my kids started in in, in racing? And you went a, a route that I tell people to do. You went to carts and, and did that for some time. But a lot of the cart racers end up going to the open wheel from carts. You ended up in Spec Miata, I'm guessing, because that's what
1: sat in the driveway, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a um, – my parents were trying to get rid of it for – we had a, a topless, motorless – spec me out of shell for four grand. That's what they were selling it for. um, I convinced my dad to to sell it to me, Um, and then we put a junkyard motor in it and ran it.
0: So your dad made you pay for the car?
1: Oh, yeah. That's fantastic, because a lot of folks think that kids who
0: are racing are given a car and lots of money from mom and dad, and you are proof positive that that's not always the
1: case. No, it's tough racing in a series and being competitive with, with limited financing. I mean... My deal with my dad, um, I, I just graduated college, but during college is when I started, and and our deal was I pay for my racing, and he brings the cars. Nice. And so we've got a, a 24-foot trailer. We pack 26-foot trailer. We pack two Miatas in there, bumper to bumper, wall to wall. Right. Um, and they, they rub on each other the whole way. And uh, we unload them, and we race together.
0: Nice. So I first recognized your name because I do the track announcing at Buttonwillow last race weekend, which was in J- January. And I, I saw the two names and I was thinking to myself, is this father son? Is this brother brother? I couldn't you know, and of course you've now told me it was it's father son. And and but you were with us last year too and I didn't remember calling your name a lot, right? So so there's definitely been an improvement. Is it is it an improvement in Austin or is it an improvement improvement in Miata or both?
1: Both. Okay. It was yeah. No, we, we so I was running the NA last year. Um for, for those listening, that was a ninety two Miata sure. with a one point six liter motor. Um, it had a junkyard motor with 130,000 miles. Um, so I ran mid pack for, for a good portion of the season. Um, I ran with a a different sanction last year and SCCA, um, to get a lot of seat time. I spent, you know, an hour in the sim every day. I read books. I was watching racing every day. It was my whole life. I mean, I, it's a miracle I graduated (laughs) because I, I didn't know, Um, I'll have to put
0: a disclaimer.
1: Parents, if you don't want your kids
0: to go racing while in college, listen to a different podcast.
1: (laughs) If I were an engineer, it would have gone a lot worse, that's for sure. Um, And so I I did that, and I ran the NA for the last time in November at Chuck Wallen and landed on the podium. Um, And that was a a big moment for me. I was was very emotional because I had had worked my butt off. Sure. And uh, then... I got a really good deal on a different car, sold that one um, almost a night even, and then ran it in January and put it on the podium twice and set a lap record.
0: So you have touched on so many different points that we've walked, themes that we go into on this podcast, and themes that are really club themes. So let's let's take a couple, let's chuck off a couple of the bullets. You ran mid-pack last year in a junkyard motor car with 130,000 miles on it. Did you have fun? Oh, I had a blast. Did you learn stuff? Learned a lot. So we, there's this this mentality in the club sometimes that folks who are running mid pack, you know, sometimes are are not I don't know, are are the lesser people or whatever. And I have the mentality of if you're out there and running last
1: and having fun,
0: then go have fun.
1: Yeah. No, it was uh it was a a great learning experience doing that. I mean, I I dealt with all types of competitors. Um, I learned a lot about mechanical failures. I learned a, bit, a lot about keeping it on the gray surface. Sure. Because um, I I I kept myself in mid pack. Right. I, I made a lot of mistakes, and and so you can't make mistakes, especially in a spec series. Right. It's even the the smallest one will will haunt you. So uh, I learned a lot about that last year, and. Um, the pressure's higher up front, but the racing's really clean. Right, right. So it's it's good fun still. And and and
0: a lot of people think of Spec Miata and don't think the clean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, I've actually had a driver yesterday tell me that he stopped racing in Spec Miata because he didn't like doing bodywork. So so this idea that running up front keeps you clean. T- t- explain that to me.
1: <laughs> so I I think. Between the the five or six of us that ran up front this weekend, right, there was on the qualifying order there was about two tenths between six cars. Sure. Um, in in the race yesterday, it was it was pack racing. I mean, we we all crossed the line within a couple seconds at the end. Um, the competitors I'm racing against this year are really good. Right. Really good. A couple. There's a couple guys who came from pro racing um, SRO and IMSA. And there's a couple guys who are like me who are new to it. Um, and just, just fast. And then there's a couple guys who have decades of experience and it's all of that put together, uh, makes for surprisingly clean racing. We'll see how it goes at the end of the season, but, but so far it's been really good. Sure, sure. And, and I shouldn't, you know,
0: sugarcoat it. There were a couple of cars that came back from yesterday's race with some body parts that weren't completely where they were at the start of the race. Um, but I I think there's a, 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 a maybe somewhat misconception that all of spec Miata is beaten and banging. And there is some of that, um, but they're also easy and cheap to to fix, uh, in in relative terms, and 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 you get such a wide range of talent in spec Miata also because it's relatively easy to get into, relatively easy to keep the cars going, relatively easy to race on a mid mid pack in a junkyard motor, and that gets people in to and, and keeps them around too, right?
1: Yeah, I I had a guy come over to our trailer today at the karting event here, and um, he's looking to get into spec Miata. He just got a Miata, and uh, he was asking for advice, this young kid, and, and truth is, you can you can do it with a junkyard motor, and you right. can do it well. Um, there are certain tracks that you'll be limited, but for the most part, you'll be racing somebody, and that's all that matters: right. is getting out on track, getting seat time and getting experience.
0: So I'm I'm a Honda guy. I, I've talked about this a lot. Is the, are the Miatas a lot like the Hondas where the the all of the power is in the head and you can use a junkyard bottom end, put a pretty decent head on it and have a fairly fast car?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. No, I I know a guy who who did just that and put a um a head from a renowned engine builder on it right. and, and ran a junkyard bottom end and it just it flies. It's a fast yeah. car. That's so, so cool. So cool. definitely do that.
0: So, so like I said, I'm the genius who invited the guy before he won the race to do the podcast after winning the race. Tell me about how today's run went.
1: I, it was, uh, it was a fight. I mean, I, I knew I couldn't make a single mistake. And so started on pole. Um, I got a decent break. We went side by side into turn one. Um, but I just, I had a little bit more grip. And so I, I came out of turn one ahead and, I knew the guy behind me it's Spec me out has got a lot of teamwork um and so I knew the guy behind me was was interested in in breaking away with from the pack with me um and so I I tried to get up with him but uh I was just a little quicker at a couple parts of the track and started getting a gap I was like this isn't so bad Right right <laughs> so I started just moving away um and and lucky lucky enough for me they were they were duking it out back right. there and so I I was able to get a good five, six, seven second lead, and um, my head. My head. I was just just head down, right? I just push right. it. Um, and about lap ten, I was like, you know what? Maybe I can just start pacing. So
0: we have a handful of classes in the SCCA where uh, it. If you lose the lead pack, you're pretty much done for the day. And then we – and I always say when I'm doing the live broadcasts, you know, I can tell the experience level and the savviness of the drivers in that lead pack if they choose to work together and pull themselves away or if they, you know, want to get racy and, you know, race through the whole middle part of the race. And then you've got six cars together at the line like we had yesterday as opposed to, you know, if two of us work together and we can pull away and have – you know, one of us is going to be on the top of the podium, one of us is going to be on the second step, but we're not going to worry about third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. You know, And a lot of times younger drivers like yourself, they just want to race, and they want to make passes, and I think so. So where did you come up with the, the knowledge and the savviness as a young driver to say I'm going to work if, when I can and see if we can pull away? How, how did that come about?
1: Sure. Well, uh, a lot of practice in the sim. Okay. So that was uh, that's first and foremost. I know some guys on the sim that we we do this all the time. We're running eye racing and just bumper to bumper, and we break away. Um, but it's it's also in spec Miata teamwork's huge because you've got the draft. That's a big element of it, um, and and the draft is powerful. So right. you can team up with someone or two drivers. You can have a three car draft, and it, it works. Like yesterday, um, I was trying to run away, and I just couldn't right. because there was just a freight train of Miatas that kept plowing by me, and I would the outside and try to try to stick it in and it was just mixing it up the whole time today luckily they didn't figure out teamwork until lap 10 right so i I had a good gap growing and then they they started to shrink it down and a little little bit of sweating sweating moment sure
0: well and it's hard in the heat of the moment when you've got the helmet on to think to yourself okay now we have to become a team or else we're never catching the front of the pack you know and then you get to the point where okay we've we've not teamed up enough we're never catching the front now how do we do the best we can in the pack that we're in now sure so now you just brought it up that for the second time and this is another theme that we've talked about a lot on 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 the podcast As um and it's usually more grumpy old guys like me saying oh the sim you know i don't want to do a sim and and i'll be perfectly honest with you i've i started sim racing about two years ago now year and a half two years ago i'm struggling you know, I'm an old guy. You know, I, I've you know all my time in, in cars has been on on tracks or doing solo, and and I've had a real hard time figuring out the delicate touch of a sim, and 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 you know I have such admiration for folks who are using it and can directly relate what's going on in the sim to what happens on the racetrack. Talk to us about especially in iRacing because they actually have a spec Miata. What are you getting out of that?
1: Well, it's there was a moment for me, and I I can define that moment um, where the sim and real life came together in this like harmonious click, and it was I was out on track, and it was like it was really, I'm decently fast in the sim, and at the time I was four or five seconds off the pace in Spec Miata, um, and just you know fighting for the back, and there was a there was a definable moment where you know I think I was in Riverside that it just something about like. Feeling the grip through my hands and where I was looking just clicked, and it was like everything I had been studying and learning in, in the sim had just transferred over. Um, and so when I when I coach young drivers, who a, lo- a lot of young drivers are working on the sim only, they're not doing karting right. just sim. And uh, when I coach them, it's it's about you know finding out the way to connect that because oftentimes they're not looking far enough or whatever. And in the, in the sim, they're looking three corners ahead of where they need to be. And so it's it's one of those things where you just just clicks.
0: So the one thing I get out of the sim, and, and I had, had a, a, a big moment of my sim improvement came a couple of months ago when I did the 24-Hours uh, Daytona. And the one thing you can do in a sim that you can't do on a race car, can't be done, is you can be driving your sim, having someone watching you, and coaching you while you're actually driving real time. And so my teammates who were with me uh, when I was driving, some of them were sleeping, some, I had at least one with me, um, were able to literally walk me through the lap every lap for an hour. And if you could do that in a real race car, that would be amazing, but you can't. So so that is where I found the real benefit to the sim, is to have someone who can coach you real time while it's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, one, one thing that's great about the sim as well is data. I right. mean, you can... You can see GPS speed, RPMs, all that all that stuff. And so if you've got a, a well-made track, something that's been laser scanned and, and the car is well-made and, and the right proportions, same gears, um, then it's it's really easy to look at them and it's actually apples to apples. Right, right. So that's one thing that I do is I, I'll run my version of a spec Miata. It's a D2 MX-5 cup car right. with a ballast in it, changing the gear ratios so that it, it's like a spec Miata. Um, and I'll run that on a Buttonwillow 3D scan track. Okay. And that's—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm looking at that. I—I I can take the data in Aim and just overlay it over the real data, and I can see my GPS speed. It's within a tenth of a mile an hour. I wow, that's so cool. Yeah, so cool.
0: Not only is he probably a fast—well, no. Not only is he a faster driver than me, he's technically more savvy than I am. So I am doomed, <laughs> no, no matter how this works out. So, w- what's your thoughts on what what's going to go on for you this season as far as Spec Miata goes? Here, and I say here as a tease to what we're going to talk about on the other side of the break. Here, what do you got going on this year?
1: So I've got um, I've got Spec Miata with SCCA. Uh, for the most part, so I'm just running that and then I'm also the driver lead on USc's FSAE team so I'm competing in Michigan for the national championship against 300 schools uh, so if if you don't know what FSAE is, it's a student built car um, we've got about 300 members on the team, uh, eight drivers and we it's it's entirely student built so the only the only spec parts are the Olin shocks and the motor um, which we were allowed to go through so Uh, It's really cool. It's about 85 horsepower, 400 pounds with me in it. Um, So way different from a Miata. Right, Um, right. Fastest thing I've ever driven, so I've cool. got that going on the other weekends.
0: Cool. We should do another podcast on the Formula SAE car, and it's cool. And talk with your friends with that, and talk yeah. about the development of that process. Um, uh, my best friend was an engineer many, many years ago, and was in a Formula SAE, SAE program, and uh, it just it's a it's a real time way for engineering students to to use in the application of what they're learning.
1: Oh yeah, and it's you get a proper build cycle. Um, you have to have a car done every year. Can't run an old chassis. Um, They, we, you know, we build the frame, we build everything. So it's it's really cool. Very very cool. All
0: right. So our guest is Arsten Varker. We're gonna come back after the break. You have something you're planning to do? Is it this summer? Uh, no, this is uh, three weeks. From okay, now. three weeks from now. And uh, we're going to be checking in with him over the next couple of months about this. But uh, he, he's going to go do something that I think a lot of people would love to go do. So we're going to do that when we come back on the other side. This is Inside the SECA. I'm Brian Volansky. We'll be right back. I'm Dorsey Schrader. And when I'm on my way to Embrace, I'll listen to the SECA podcast Inside the Short Bus. When I need numbers for my autocross time trial or road race car, I go to AutocrossDigits.com. Christian and his crew offer top quality magnetic and vinyl numbers. Their website is easy to navigate. The prices are great and most orders ship in four business days. If you need numbers for your car, check out AutocrossDigits.com. Tell them the podcast guy sent you. All right, we're back on inside the SCCA. Austin Varco is my guest. So we've been chatting here. He was the uh, the race winner on the Sunday race here at Buttonwillow this weekend, and um, thankfully, like I said, you know, podcast genius here. I invited him on before he won. No one will believe that, uh, but it's really true, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> And uh, he went out, had a great race yesterday, uh, and and then went out today and, and won the Spec Miata race. And so, congratulations to that. Uh, really fun to watch. So, you are going to do something that I think a lot of people would love to do, but wouldn't even know how to go about doing it. You're leaving in a couple of weeks to go. Spend? Is, are you taking an internship, or are you working? In, what, what what's getting you to England?
1: Uh, a plane. No, well, uh, <laughs> no oh, I. No. Wait I, a
0: second. I, you can't do a dad joke <laughs> on me. Okay. Come on now.
1: So I, my best friend uh, moved to England to go to school, okay. so I'm living with him. Okay. So we're, uh, we're sharing a, his place, and he's kind enough to host me. So I'm, I'm spending six weeks in, in England, uh, sort of as a college graduation thing. Cool. Um, it's, uh, it's, we're going to travel around, but when we're not traveling, um, I'm doing a couple weekends running Formula Fords uh, at Silverstone and Knockhill. Hill. Okay. So I'll be running the Avon Tire 1600 Formula 4 Championship. Okay. Uh, potentially alongside an ex-pro karting guy. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it was uh, something I've dreamed about doing, running on those circuits, and uh, I think I ought to do it while I'm there.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, as a guy with an SECa license, when you call over to or email or however we do it these days to to uh, a, a team in in the amateur form of motorsports in Europe, and say, hey, you know, um, I've got an SECA license. I'm coming to England for a couple of, of weeks. I'd like to do a race or two. What is the response when they is they just say, like, do you have the money? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, well, I'm an old school guy, so okay. I I call. Nice. I, I like I like the call. Um, I I found better success with a call than an email. Uh, but no, everyone's been super receptive. I I first got in touch with. Um, RCC, which okay. Is the British racing sure. club there. Um that manages that. And so they're waiving a lot of their fees to get me a seat. Um and then I, I talked to Akis, which uh is basically the American right. uh, version of FIA. It's right. it's how you get that certification. Um and they were super awesome. So I now have an FIA license. Okay. Um, which if you have an S C C A license, it's easy to get an FIA license. Okay. You have to have a racing resume and some experience, but for the most part um, it's possible, right? And that's all done through Accus. It took a couple days, so it was, it was super easy. Um, I had to get a medical, and I'm on my way. Cool, cool. Yeah.
0: So, um, you know, and I don't know how many folks follow Formula Ford in Europe, but it is huge. Tight. I, I mean, yeah. and and the pointy end of the stick in in the the club Formula One uh, Formula Ford races there is like you would get at the pointy end of the stick in a spec miata or a spec spec race or ford race here usually there's 10 15 cars who are all capable of winning with really good drivers and and you know kind of a throwback to the heyday of formula ford here back in the 80s when you would get 30 car formula ford fields in the u.s we don't get that these days in most cases so uh you haven't when was the last time you were in an open wheel car
1: uh, a couple weekends ago in the FSC car. It's okay. the okay. Only open wheel car I've ever driven. Okay. So that'll be it'll be an int- and I've never done <laughs> it wheel to wheel. So it'll be brand new to me.
0: Yeah, nothing like throwing yourself in on the deep end. Oh yeah, across the pond. That's so cool. That's so cool. So how many races do you think you're going to get to do? Two.
1: Two. Okay. Well, four races, but two weekends. Two, two weekends. weekends yeah. Two weekends. Do you know where yet? Uh, Silverstone, March twenty-six, 26- uh, March nineteenth, and Knockhill, okay. April tenth. Okay. So
0: two pretty legendary British yeah. tracks.
1: Yeah. Now, I I my dream is also to race on not race on but drive on Brands Hatch. Sure. Um. So if I have time, I'll take a rental car on that. Uh. But for the most part, those are the those are the race weekends. Um. And it's uh it's really tight. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It, all the karting guys go up through Formula Fords. Sure. And uh, they so they've got a pro thing and then they've got Clubman. Um. I haven't totally decided which one I'm going to do. Okay. Clubman's probably a better fit. Right. Um. Because I've never been in the car, but I learn quick. Sure. Uh, I think that's that's where I'm skilled at. So spent a lot of time in the sim on those two tracks. Cool.
0: Cool. So um is there a Formula Ford in the sim?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean I, I run the uh the Formula Trainer. Got it. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. The, so close ish. Yeah, V. I mean yeah. it's all kind of yeah, 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 the same. Yeah.
0: So so do you have any uh any thoughts on what you're what you're what you think you're gonna come out of there with? We're gonna get a podium finish or no?
1: <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. I mean it's 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 tight and the, so the team USA scholarship goes to sure there i mean sure. they, they run that series so i'll be running against whoever the top dog is in america this year
0: so do you have long-term motorsports aspirations at a professional level so my
1: my dad had done he's now in his pretty much third decade of racing okay and um he stuck with club racing a lot right. of the people he raced back in the early 2000s are now pros doing sure gt3 that kind of stuff and um there's there's a little bit of me that's like I want to do something new. I want right. to take the Varco name a little bit further, um, and for me that the the aspiration is right. there. One one thing that was on my bucket list was um, spraying champagne. I got to do that today, and that was that was awesome. That's I, cool. Yeah, I didn't mess it up actually. <laughs> Thought I would.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's really a way to mess it up. So <laughs> I, I think it's just just doing it is fun. So so you know if you're in there with those level of drivers and you have a good showing, you could potentially catch someone's eye, right?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's a, I've got um I've been talking to some media sources in um in the UK about having me come on and and talk about this. So, uh, like Autosport Mag, that was that was one of the options. So, right, I think right. it could be a great way to um, publicize SCCA in a way that maybe isn't done.
0: Sure, sure. So, we we've got a thing with the club, and and this is kind of how we're going to wrap this up. Where you know we're always trying to make the club more attractive to younger people. Um, you know, it's no no secret. That you know, a lot of the folks who are at the club are up there in age. Uh, I'm one of them, and and you know we have dwindling numbers of of workers. You know, most many of our races do not feature younger drivers. Um, w- what is it in your mind that makes you want to come out and play on an SCCA weekend when we have a hard time sometimes attracting some of the other younger folks to do so?
1: A big one for me is community. Right, I think that. One thing, I love the people here. I right. mean, I, I know all the tech people. I know the people in registration. It's an awesome time. Friendly faces everywhere. So that's a big part of it for me. I feel like I'm on home turf whenever I come to sure. Buttonwillow, at least. Um, and so a big part of it for me is community, getting to know people, getting to know my drivers. I mean, spec me out. We're like a family. We go out to dinner together. Um, we talk about the races. It's it's a great time. So I th- I think that that's an appeal for any human. Right, but, um, right. For, from a young person's perspective... Um, you know, I, I grew up around racing, so I always wanted to do this. I watched my dad from the tower on track and it was something that like, that was something I was was inherently passionate about.
0: So how do we get all of your formula SAE friends to come out here and start playing with us? I mean, that's really what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah. Well, I know a a couple of them took up karting this year. Okay. A couple of the drivers. Um, and it's a natural progression. I mean, eventually they're going to want to do something with cars. Right. So, um, they had talked about doing the F five hundred class because right. it's, it's similar yep, to a car. Absolutely, um, I think I saw a couple of those cars here this weekend. They're sure. Straight. So I, I think, um, in terms of finding young people, uh, it's, it's. I think it, a lot of it's going to happen on social media. Right. I think that's the that's the next wave. That's where everyone gets their information. Um, good or bad, that's how it has to happen. Exactly. Um, and so, promoting things on social media is powerful. Um, it moves people, and I think that's that's the next way to do it.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, any parting thoughts? Any ideas as to what's going to come up in, in, in the next couple of weeks? And so you're leaving in three weeks. We're going to continue to talk. Um, let's see. Is there a time? Is there a gap of a couple of weeks between your two races in Europe, or do you do them on back to back weekends?
1: Uh, no, there's a, there's a couple of weeks between the okay. races. Um, so we can do something then and, and it's, uh, it's going to be eight hours ahead. But, sure, but I oh. I don't mind waking up at four in the morning for this. <laughs> and and
0: we'll work out the timing. So let's uh, let's commit to you know trying to hook up, even if it's for a ten or fifteen minute insert into one of the podcasts yeah. between races. And then when you get back, we'll sit down maybe at another Buttonwill event and and kind of recap the whole Europe experience and and you know because I I think that I always thought it would be a kind of a little cottage industry to you know put a car over in in. In England, that is ready for SCCA drivers to just come on over for a holiday and pop in and do a race. Oh,
1: that would be super cool, like a an SCCA team almost. Yeah, That's, you know. Yeah, that would... I have all
0: these ideas and no money to do them. So <laughs> anybody out there wants to just write a big check, I'll put all my ideas out there, and, and they're tons of fun. I'm sure they'd be great. But uh, no. equity stake in your ideas, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Brain. So, all right, Austin Varco, I appreciate it. Thanks again. It's been just a ton of fun, and uh, good luck in 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 England we'll keep in touch and we'll go from there. Well, thank you very much. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the SECA. If you'd like what you're hearing, subscribe to Racing Wire Podcast Network so you won't miss an episode. It would also be great if you left a comment, especially if it's a good one. If it's not, give it to someone else's podcast page. You can follow us on social media to find out who our next guest is and leave us a question. On Twitter, it's Racing Wire Net. There's a new episode of Inside the SCCA every week. I'm Brian Belansky. Have yourself a good week and go play with cars.
1: Hi, I'm Kelton Jago, and this is Inside the SCCA.
0: Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.